Okay, we are back. Grand Christian Church. See if you can find Matthew. It is the first book in the New Testament, and we've been there a while. And uh, I tried during the week to go back and listen to the sermon, and you uh, listen when I'm driving. And I uh, literally noticed, I think about three times last week, I said something like this. If you're trying to follow along and find out, figure out some kind of pattern where I'm going, good luck with that. Okay. The good news is we are gradually working our way through. We're going to start at Matthew, again, chapter 9. And we're going to be, and I've studied this over and over, and what happens is when I keep studying, I get more and more information, which is more and more points, which is makes things go slower and slower and slower. So, but we're just going to, I just want you to get the gist of what we're talking about this morning, okay? Matthew 9 and verse 27. Jesus departed there, okay? And this is right after him raising the, the young, or the uh, ruler's daughter from the dead. He departed from there, and, and the report of this went out in all the land. That's 26, and jump into 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying these words. And I want you to think about this. It doesn't say they spoke. It doesn't say they um, wrote him a note because they didn't want anybody to know. These folks were desperate. They cried out to him, say these words. Son of David, have mercy on us. And I want to tell you, when they're saying son of David, they're not saying son of God. They're not saying son of man. They are recognizing his authority in the eternal kingship, the covenant kingship that God promised David. The, the covenant blessing. Think about this, guys. They're recognizing him as the Messiah, son of David. And when they do that, they're saying, you have the ability to do something about this. And of course they had heard the report that, you know, that what people were saying. And when he had come to the house, the blind man came to him and said that, and Jesus said to them, I think this is an interesting question. And as I read this, and as I studied this in the context of what we've been studying in James and the context of some of the other things we've been studying, I, I, I looked at these words and listened to what he says. Now, he, they've been following him saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Did, is it, does he know that? That's written down right here. But in spite of what they had said in the past, he freshened it up a little bit. Does it matter what comes out of your mouth? Yes. I'm, man, I'm going somewhere with this thing. I'm talking about it. You know, in my personal life, I'm talking in, in this place. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? He asked them, before, he already knows they've been, he, they're following him, they're hollering, they're crying out. 
But then he has them proclaim that, do you believe, yes, uh, do you believe that God can meet your needs according to his riches and glory? Say it now. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Is it true? Yes. Okay. Do we believe that because we get everything we want, we get everything we ask for, everything works out the way we want it to work out? No. But do we believe that because God says it? Does God protect Beth? Can he protect us as we need to be protected? And he did, and he has. We're not going to get into personal business. But what's this? They said to him, yes, Lord. They not only said yes, they recognized him as Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith. This is wearing me out. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Let it be unto you. According to your faith. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh every time I read this scripture. I, if I'm by myself, I laugh. I laugh all the time when I read this, because it's, to me it's funny. Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one know it. But when they departed, they spread the news all over the country. Is that what the Bible says? Is that what happened? Well, they obviously didn't mind real well. Okay. I have a theory on that, but I'm not going to share that while I'm on uh, film. But anyway, if there was such a thing in film. So quick review. Last week, we talked about this. Faith equals action equals the attention of God. I want you to listen to this. Faith equals and. I, when I was doing this the first two or three times, I wanted to put plus. But no, the reason we do the things is because we have faith. Faith is us doing, and us doing gets the attention of God. We're going to see it over and over and over. And now that I have broke it down where I can understand it, and I'm not saying it to be funny, guys. Now that I understand it, it's changing me and it's also irritating me which means there's going to be a pearl pop out here at some point it's irritating me okay did the woman with the issue of blood did she believe yes did she have faith yes. why do you think she had faith because she didn't lay there at home and say I know Jesus can do it I know Jesus can do it you know what she did is she continued to push. She It says she pushed her way forward. And okay, I did the deep dive again this week with this because I don't want to misquote what um, uh, Leviticus, 15, I think it's Leviticus 15, talks about. And here's the deal. She had an issue of blood. We're not going to get into all the details, Okay. But what she should have done was not be in contact with anybody. Okay. She was not required to yell unclean, unclean when she went somewhere. I've always thought she was. It does not say that. I couldn't find it. 
But what she was required to do, expected to do, was stay away from people. We'll go into details, but just she she was at a point of uncleanliness, and so she should have stayed away from people. And guess what? Her culture would have told her that she was a fool for doing what she did, that she was in violation of the law for what she did. I want to tell you something. When I read the scripture, I want to put more doors in the church. And I don't, listen, we got new windows. Thank you for the new windows. And it's, it's warmer in here today because I can't feel the breeze. And the motorcycles aren't as loud. But anyway, but that, the, the point is, when I say more doors, I want to say a more welcoming attitude to people who we may say, why are you in church? The reason they're in church is because that's where you get help. It don't have to be this church. It sure don't have to be this church. Just, but listen, guys, I drove by um, our community building Tuesday night on the way in from work. It was about 8 o'clock. And the parking lot was overrunning yes. with people going to breaking chains, which is a, 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 a meaning that was born here many years ago. It's taken a bunch of different shapes through the years. But guys, and I would say there was probably, I don't know, 40 cars in the parking lot. And the reason that they do have that is because they say, come in, come in. So you don't have to act like us, look like us. What you have to do is won't help. And what did Jesus say on the last day of the feast? Anybody who's thirsty. Let that be our attitude here. Let that be your attitude in your church, wherever you're at, or in your home. But here's the deal, guys. We, we start cleaning them before we catch them. Okay. But watch this. She pushed forward in faith, and she... Here's the deal. She was willing to do that. Maybe look stupid. You ever been scared of looking stupid? I have looked stupid. I've got written, I mean, there's pictures of it, okay? But what's, what did my daddy say one time? He said he's preaching a sermon and got uh, a Jonah in the lion's den and couldn't get him out. <laughs> got things switched around. And, but so in 9 and 18, quick review, the ruler, his daughter was dead. He didn't come up there and say, my daughter's sick, would you please come heal her? She was graveyard dead, as they said back home. DRT, dead right there, okay? She was dead. And he still made the journey to Jesus, didn't he? And say, if you touch my daughter, she's going to be well. Is that faith? Is that moving in faith? Is that saying things in faith? Is that living a life of faith? And he, she was raised from the dead. And the two blind men, they literally, guys, they followed them in faith. They said it in faith, but here, watch this, guys. It's interesting to me, this story didn't, did, <laughs> he does not say, Jesus turned around on the road and handled it right there. That's not what happened. It's when he got to the place he was going, they had to follow him. Sometimes following him is like this. And if you've been there, I'm good for you, okay? But I'm telling you, in faith, that we, this is all gonna make sense at some point. 
Does that make sense? Yes. Or can you hear that? That's two making senses in the same sentence. But anyway, but here, well, I did knock it over. Yeah. I was pretty sure I would. Yeah. What you say happens. Ah, special blend you can only get here. It's got a little carpet blend in it. Okay. So, watch this. Here's the deal. As we look at this, guys, look what happened. Nine and 32. As they went out, behold, they brought him a man possessed and demon, a mute and demon possessed. Okay. So this guy, it says, they brought to him. So somebody else had faith. Now, I want y'all to get these points. Somebody else had faith and they brought somebody else to him. I don't know if this guy had faith or not. Maybe he did, he couldn't tell them. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying, I don't know, it don't say, but it says whoever they were brought him to them. Did you know the reason that I came to church the first time is my parents brought me. There's some of you guys have been to church because your neighbors ask you. The reason you came to church is you go, you thought you might could get some help here. We get here for whatever, how, however, and whatever reason we get here, but listen carefully. Here's the deal. They came in faith wanting help. And what did Jesus do? He cast out the demon. And you go, oh, you know, them days is over. Well, here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. Which part of the Bible we're going to cut out and not use? <laughs> which Jeffersonian Bible? Which, you know, we can call it the Brucionian Bible if you want to. Because, you know, there's some things that irritate me about the Bible. There's not, you know. But here's the deal, guys. In context... We are not going to say, no, that's not right. Amen. In context, now don't be bringing me, you know, uh, what a friend of mine used to be, he was in Bible school and they'd say, well, what's your life verse? And he talks about the one where they say we're bashing the infant's heads against the rock. And, and, and that would always mess with his instructors just a little, or his, his professors just a little bit, because, you know, he was a stirrer. You know, but we'll just leave that, let that go. But anyway, it was not me, I promise, but I liked it. Anyway, but the point being is we don't take things out of context and try to use it to, to meet our agenda or any other agenda that's pre, but what we do is we look at the whole word of God. You know, it's a big book, right? It's got an old covenant. It's got a new covenant and I'm living in the new covenant and am I glad? Okay. But what's this. Did Jesus cast this demon out? Does that tell you anything? Yeah. Is the devil in charge? No. And you go, ah, the devil's alive and well in planet earth and he's this and he's that. I'm going to tell you something. I don't give the devil no glory. Does he, is he going to be screaming and hollering and say, he did it, he did it, he did it when they throw him in the pit? Absolutely. He's a liar. He's a thief. And he picks on kids. What kind of what kind of entity picks on kids? Think about it. Okay. But the reality is for me is this. 
when the demon was cast out, the mute was able to speak. He began to speak. Yes. Okay. Is that a miracle? Yes. Is that a miracle? Yes. Okay. And here's the deal, guys. I don't think it has to look like it looks in the movies. I don't think it has to look like it looks in the Pentecostal or the evangelical or the, I don't listen. I think God's God. Amen. Listen, I can tell you that there were religious people that were saying things like this. Well, he can't be from God because you know, he's uh, traveling further than 50 feet on the Sabbath or whatever. And the demons showed up and said, Oh, it's the son of God. And they said it out loud. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I want to tell you something. They know God's God because they were angels and they got cast down. There's not a, there's not, you remember when the guy tried to worship the angel and they just said, no, 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 no. That's not the King James version, but that's what happened. No, 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 I'm, 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 no, I'm a messenger. And then they tried to worship a man and he said, no, 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 I'm not, no, don't worship me, worship God. And we should be the same way. Ain't you something? Yeah, I am, but, you know, worship God. So what's this? When a, and the multitude marveled. The, the multitude marveled. You know why the multitude marveled? I'm serious. Because it was something that was marvelous. Amen. And God's grace, mercy, power, strength, abilities is marvelous. We should marvel at the goodness of God, at the grace of God, at the way he has kept us, at the way he's kept some of our congregation in the last 24 hours, and the way that God has done. And we always say, well, you know, this is bad, this is bad. Yes, things happen, don't they? Yeah. But I want to tell you something. He's marvelous. And the reason when I'm playing this guitar, you know, and hitting the right note every once in a while and leading the, leading the song, the reason I weep, the reason I get loud sometimes is because I know he's marvelous. Isn't he? Is he marvelous? Yes. Just say, he's marvelous. He's marvelous. And I want to tell you something. He is. And uh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he's marvelous. That we don't worship a little G, a God of this world. We don't worship what we can do. Oh, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. No. We worship what God has done. So in spite of us, we will be with him for eternity. So watch this. Verse 34. I'm so shocked that this happened. I am so shocked that some religious person somewhere would say, that's not the way we do things around here. That don't work. I'm so shocked. But you can tell it doesn't irritate me. 34. But the Pharisees said he casts out demons because he's a ruler of demons. And I will tell you, when you do the deep dive, when you look at these Pharisees, they are doing a lot of things really, really good. But it is a whitewashed tomb. There's death inside of it. Is that what Jesus says? They're following some good, some good rules that probably helps them live longer. It's like the little lady told me one time, the little... Uh, Catholic lady, we were praying together and I said, well, you know, I'm not Catholic. She said, it's okay, Bruce. He's a big Jesus. Oh, 
how to preach. And then I said, well, you know, I was raised really legalistic. She said, that probably kept you out of some trouble. I said, I have not one time ever thought that was a good thing. And now, I mean, that woman was preaching right there to me right then, right? You get it? I mean, that was revelation to me. Legalism kept me out of some trouble. Praise the Lord. But what's this? The critics are going to be everywhere. And if God calls you to do something, do it. I don't tell, I can't tell you how many men or women in my life have been around me and they, and they said, well, you know, God has kind of put me, this needs to be done. And I learned this many years ago. I said, that's why it's on your heart. Do it. And, and I give you full permission to screw it up to the point we don't recognize it. And you, and they always do this. They go, what? I said, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. You know, if, if you if you become a preacher, you're going to mess it up. If you become a Sunday school teacher, you're going to mess it up. If you become a deacon or elder, you're going to mess it up. If you talk to your neighbors about Jesus, you're going to mess it up. Guess what? It's this book. This one, especially, this has, been around, this has been around a while. It's got some tape on it. But here's the deal. This book is full of people that messed it up. Amen. Is it or not? That'll, it don't go into any details on a lot of the New Testament people that messed it up. I like that. Because it irritates me that they go into such detail about the Old Testament people. It's like, why would you put that in the Bible? I don't want to know all that. But guess what? It's in there so that we know people mess it up. Right? So the Pharisees, they're all digging at it and saying, you know, and here's the deal. Verse 35, went about all about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I want you to look at those four words. Gospel. Good news. That's what it means. He is preaching the good news of the kingdom. The, is it good news to you or is it just news? I'm going to tell you something. If it's just news, it's like, okay, now they got a place over here that we can eat and we can get a good piece of meat at a reasonable price. That's good news. But it's not great news. It's just okay good news. Do you follow me? Okay. Because I have to pay something to get something back. It's news. It's better news than, than, than that it's horrible and you can't eat it. But it's just news. But I want to tell you something. The gospel of Jesus Christ is great news. Amen. It's outrageous news. It's unthinkable news. It's joy unspeakable. It is, how, how is that even possible? Is that true? How is that even possible? How does that even work? How could God send his only begotten son and die on the cross and we can live eternally as we accept and walk with him? Could, how, what kind of news is that? Is that, does that even make sense? Not to the world. Until your hind end's on fire and you need a fire extinction. Is that right? Okay. So he went around teaching in the synagogues, and I want to hit that real quick. He was talking to the religious people. He's talking to the non-religious people. He's talking about anybody to listen. 
The gospel of, listen, to all who are thirsty. Is that right? If you're thirsty. And healing every sickness. Does it say every sickness? Does it say every sickness? Okay. And every disease among the people. Okay. So I want you to keep this in thought. Mark Matthew, or Mark 6 and 4 and Matthew 13 and 8. You don't have to look it up. Excuse me, Matthew 13, 58. Say the same thing. It tells the same story. It says, Jesus did not do many works because of their unbelief. Now, I want you, I want you to get this. How can God be God and do whatever he wants to do? But this says that in one of the versions, it says could do no works because they're unbelief. The other one says did, didn't do any. But listen to what I'm saying. Does it matter what you believe and what comes out of your mouth? Does it matter? Does it matter? Yes, it matters greatly. And here's the deal, guys. I want to ask you this question. What do you believe? What do you believe? And what, what you do, then, listen, broadcast what you say, then broadcast what you believe. What do you believe? Okay. So, here's the deal. Numbers 14 and this is another one that just came to me as, as all this is happening. Let me ask you a question. So the children of Israel, and we spent years, and I'm not exaggerating, years right here, okay? In the last 20 years, we have spent several of them <laughs> talking about this whole dynamic of Israel and the reflection of what that says about us, what that says about humankind, what that says about this walk. Listen, what God literally to save their lives brought them into Egypt. Did you know that? Yeah. There's a famine and he sends Joseph before them. You remember we spent oh, so much time on this. I just might have to go fast, okay? So Joseph goes in, goes through hell on a biscuit Right, does he? Jail, falsely accused, brothers selling him in just hell on a biscuit. Okay. And he goes through all that. And then they literally have a situation where they fall into captivity because of Pharaoh changes and they're in captivity for years. Crying out to God. It gets worse and gets worse, gets worse. All right. They raise up a Moses, which is a man of the law, okay? Is that what happens? God raises up a, a Moses. He's raised in the kingdom. He's all of these things. And guys, what's this? Literally, he's raised up. He, he makes a mistake. He's put sent to the wilderness. He learns his lesson out there, okay? He learns how to be a shepherd and, instead of a ruler in the palace. And comes back and shepherds the largest congregation that I know of for a very long time. Is that what? For those of us who are. So literally, guys, while he's there, while that's going on. Yeah. Can you take him out, baby? I can't. I can't keep going. So 
what happens is this. They over and over see the glory of God. They see it with the plagues. Did they see the, were they all there for the plagues? They see the, 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 where that? Then they see as they flit and they leave. And what does God do? The Egyptians give them their gold. Give them all this stuff. Is that they give it to them. They don't steal it. They give it to them. They take this and get out of here before we all die. Is that what happened? Yeah. If you don't believe it, go back and read it. Or listen to the, the I guess there's not such thing as a tape anymore. But anyway, to those years of me preaching that. So then they get out there. God provides them everything they need to eat. And, and they get going down the going down the path, and as Egyptians try to follow them, he wipes out their enemies behind them. Is that what happens? Over and over and over, just miracles after miracles. They they get to complain, and the ground opens up and swallows. Been able to look at and deal. And so for the next forty years, they're wandering around out there. Is that what happens? This thing could have been taken care of. Most most scholars believe in eighteen months, the whole story would have been over. And if you ain't done that, you ain't me. Okay? I, I, that's me. I just described me. Because it's always, you know, should I, could have, would have, whatever. But watch this. After that wandering, the law, and some of you need this. Some of you need this because you've been, you've been following the law. You've been following the law. God, you got to do this because I do this. Listen, Moses couldn't take them into the promised land. And a lot of people, you know, don't get me wrong, he did hit the rock instead of speak to the rock or whatever. But, but watch this, guys. It wouldn't work because he represents the law. He received the law. He was the keeper of the law. He perpetuated the law. But then coming up after him, there was a guy who had been raised under the law whose name was Yeshua. Yes. And it's not Jesus the Christ. It's the same name. It's Yeshua. His name was Joshua. And he was raised up and he brought them into the promised land. And that same picture, I want you to see that today. You can wander around, you can wander around, but God has made a way for you to be saved, to be born again into the kingdom of God. So not through Joshua, but through the Yeshua, the Christ, the son of the living God. And as we accept embrace, follow him into our promised land is something that he has paid for. Not the law. Not what you've done right. And listen, do the rightest, be the rightest you can. And that's not great English, but that's a good theology. Okay? So watch this. But when he saw the multitudes, verse 36, he was moved with compassion for them. Here we go. Last point. Or maybe a sermon next week. We'll see. Okay. He was moved with compassion for them because, watch this, they were weary. And listen, that word weary there, as we look it up, means harassed. Are the people in this world harassed by the enemy? 
Absolutely. Will the enemy kill, steal, destroy, seeking those whom he may devour? Because they were harassed, which is translated in New King James as weary, which will make you tired, won't it? Amen. Them coyotes are out there chasing them sheep, and they're going back and forth, and those tired. they're going to get tired. Those sheep are going to get tired, aren't they? Okay. And watch this. Because they were weary and scattered like a sheep, having no shepherd. I'm going to tell you something. We as sheep have all gone astray. This world is, if everybody says, oh no, there's just a bunch of sheep out there. Listen, we're all sheep. That's what God uses to describe us. Is that right? Yep. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, this world has, has listen, we have strayed. We go because, you know, I'm my own shepherd. I'm, I know what's good for me. I know God knows what's good for you. Follow him. Have a shepherd. Then he turned to his disciples. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. This is a very interesting scripture. This part right here to me is very, very interesting. And I try very hard to be obedient to this scripture. And your church here, Crane Christian Church, I'm not going to take the time to and or, or get sideways and tell you everybody that's come out of this church that has proclaimed God. Listen, we've had people that were come back to the Lord in this church, raised up, and now have an audience of thousands. Okay, we have people who've been encouraged here that have audience. I mean, that, and, and here's the deal: you say, "Oh, ain't you something?" No, we ain't nothing. What we are is people who are one hungry beggar who has found a place to come get the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and just hand it out, spread it out like a three-year-old spreads peanut butter, put it on everybody. Does that make sense? Okay. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Good for you. The harvest is plentiful. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to his harvest. There's a lot of people. I want to tell you, I was walking around an aircraft in uh, Texas years ago. It was in the 70s. And I was walking around and uh, it was a situation where it was a security situation and we were all guarding. And you walk around these aircraft and then you would kind of meet, you know, there's one for each aircraft and a guard. And we'd, you'd have to keep walking and we'd walk around. And we'd, when we were standing there talking one time and because our supervisor wasn't looking. And uh, shocking that I'd do something like that. But the, we're talking and in that conversation, the Holy Spirit came. And you're like, what? Oh yeah. But he would begin to talk and the Holy Spirit told me that he was running from the Lord. And it take, listen, if you've never run from the Lord, you can recognize somebody running from the Lord. <laughs> takes one to know one. How's that? Yep. And he, and, and I began to ask him a little questions. And let me tell you something. I will never forget being able right there for the Lord to encourage both of us to do what we were called to do. I was running from the Lord. He was running from the Lord. Same background. He had already been to, to a Bible college for one year, got kicked out for something or maybe six months, whatever. 
like some more people I know. But anyway, not me, because, you know, I'm pretty much perfect. But anyway, the point being is this, guys. What's this? Literally, um, he recognized his need to submit, and I recognized my need to submit right there. And that was another one of the small steps, and I can't speak for his journey, but that was another one of the small steps that God used to bring me here today. Amen. Okay, but here's the deal, guys. Let's do this. Let's pray to the Lord in the harvest to send out laborers unto his harvest. Because I want to tell you something. Nobody's as miserable as a guy who's supposed to be doing what I'm doing and not doing it. Amen. It'll make you bitter. It'll make you horrible. If you're supposed to be doing this, in what in whatever whatever this is, you know, I thought I had it all figured out what this was gonna look like. And it didn't show, it didn't turn out even similar. <laughs> Not even similar. Okay. And I am blessed beyond measure what God has done through us, with us, in this place. And I just really appreciate your support and your love all these years. But here's the deal, guys. If you're running this morning, stop. If you're hearing the words that I heard my whole, literally my whole life was this. You're just not good enough. And I've got good slash bad news for you. Unfortunately, you're not good enough. But guess what? He's good enough. And he uses the crazy to confound the wise, doesn't he? He, he wins the NBA with a midget basketball team. And you go, what? Yeah. He don't work like we work. He, listen, I want to tell you something. He didn't go to the scholars to, to get his disciples. He got people who are hungry and thirsty. Is that right? And I want to tell you, there's nobody that'll make you hungry like the Lord. So guys, bow with me this morning. We're just about time to quit. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for these folks. Your grace is sufficient. First, Lord, for those who are watching this morning that are just running the opposite way, Lord, living a life of, of whatever it is, Lord, that they're, they're doing. You're God enough for them. You are the antidote for our brokenness, oh God. So first I speak to those who have not received Christ. The Bible says these words, those who believe, and I want to tell you something, it's being offered to you today. If you will believe and receive, if you believe and are baptized, you will be saved. I am quoting the Bible, guys. That's what it says. And I want to tell you something. It's a covenant. It's an unshakable covenant. That he paid for. Heaven is going to be so much fun. Because I'm going to see people that go, how in the world did you get in here? And I'm going to say, I'm going to be able to proclaim the grace and mercy and love of a sacrificed God. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for me and all of us that will receive it, God.
If you're here this morning, you say, you know what? God's been, I can't, I can't do this. I can't be a teacher. I can't be a writer. I can't be a preacher. I can't start that. I can't do this. I'm telling you, you can. Because God has what you need. He meets our needs according to his barely getting enough. No, it's because he's rich in grace. He's rich in glory. He's rich. My daddy is rich. <laughs> and he longs to give it to his kids. This is not a success sermon, guys. This is not about you driving a Cadillac or a Cavalier. What this is about, what this is about is this. His grace is sufficient for you. Receive it today. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. And Father, we do that together, Lord. And you know you don't have much to work with here, Lord. But Lord, I thank you for forgiving my, my sins, Lord. And cleansing me. And getting my garment on, of Father, my wedding garment. And Lord, thank you for paying for it because I can't. I try to be good, Lord. Sometimes I'm semi-successful. But Lord, you paid for my wedding garment. And Lord, I want to be one of the ones waiting on your coming, oh God. I want to be the one looking, longing for you. So Lord, we give you ourselves. We give you this church. We give you this ministry, Lord, both online and here. It's yours. Do with it what you will, O oh God. And Lord, help us to seek you first. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you and keep you. May his light shine on you and give you peace. Amen.